0: Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. I'm super pumped to be joined by a buddy of mine, Damian Perry. Damian is a strength coach based out of the Boston area. We met through Strength Faction and we've had the pleasure of keeping in touch over the last year or so. And I've also attended uh, the Kin Stretch certification with him back in March. Damian's a really smart guy. We have a great conversation. I'm super pumped to share it with you guys. If you want more information on Damian, make sure to check out the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and I will see you next week.
1: So Damian Perry, that is the name. Uh so I am a strength coach at Michael Strength Conditioning out of uh the Boston area. Um soon to be a licensed massage therapist, but just not yet. Gotta finish that up. Um, so I've been coaching at Boyles for almost two years now. And uh, yeah, that's sort of that's the grind. Just coach, coach, coach. Coach,
2: coach, coach. Love it.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so I'm I've been a Damian Mary fan for maybe probably you know what we mean. I uh, strength action, we kind of like met and then we we've had a couple of interactions. Um, and I've like always been kind of, I don't know, fascinated because I'm going to sound like a super fanboy right now, but like, Mm -hmm. I just like the mindset that you take into fitness and the mindset you take kind of out of fitness and fitness being like this super vague term of what people might like just on the outside, just say, well, these are two gym guys. Like you take this different stance on most things and I mean different, like, like, oh, gosh, what's the way to describe it? Like, just, like, you say things or do things, and I'm like, yeah, this shit makes sense. But, like, you're, like, you live it, and you talk it, you walk it, you do all of this. And the first thing I think that started was, give us the story of the bed. <laughs> give yeah. us the And I feel like this will explain, like, everything that I just said. This will explain it. And, like, yeah. I I like I love it. I love it. Because, like, I've, I've like, kind of taken the minimalist approach, not quite to the extreme that you have, but. Give us the story of the bed and, and justify all the weird shit that I just said, <laughs>
1: dude. So I'm gonna I'm gonna open this conversation up with uh, a conversation I had with our mutual friend Jay Birdie, and uh, this was maybe about six months ago or so. She she texted me and she was like, "How do you function as like such a weirdo in like a professional fitness space?" And she's like, "I mean no offense <laughs> by that, but like you're weird and you do all your weird shit." Like, how do you manage to balance? Shout out
2: Jess Burdick. Shout out the real Jesse Burdick. Um, I don't don't think it's weird. I just think it's like, I just just don't, I think people are afraid to do what you actually do.
1: Yeah, it's off-brand. It's like, I'm not a bro. Like, I I just don't get down with that side of things because it's just not me. So, okay, the bed is a good place to start, I guess. So, it started with, you know, a general nomadic creature, like sleeping on people's floors going to like do a cert or going to see friends or visit people wherever. And just like, I was always the guy who was willing to just go sleep on the floor. And then one day I think it was perform better. I would, I had crashed on the floor for like four days in the hotel that like Mike Boyle got for us and was like, I'm fine with the floor. And I went home back to my apartment in Boston. I was like, you know what? I felt better on the floor than I did in the bed. And so then I just started sleeping on the floor sort of unjustified just out of like basic, like I'm just going to roll with this because it's different and I feel good. So one of those things like you just pursue it if it works somehow and then like kind of try to justify it later. And then uh, the biomechanist, Katie Bowman, who is super, super intelligent, uh, and has a lot of just stuff on basic human movement. So trying to get it away from the space of like fitness and more to the sides of like, her, her term is like movement snacks, like movement nutrition, like just fitting it into your daily life more. And so the concept behind sleeping on the floor is sort of like in a squishy, nice, comfortable mattress or couch, as much as that's lovely, you're sort of limited in movement. You kind of get sucked into the vast hole of the cushion and there you stay while you watch like seven hours of Game of Thrones on a Sunday afternoon. Whereas if you're on the floor – for sleeping or for life, like in your living room or whatever it is, no couches, no chairs, uh, you're just going to have way more variable movement. And that's sort of like how I approach the fitness side of things. And so it just sort of makes sense putting it into my own life of just like, Hey, I'm sitting in 90, 90 on the floor while I am on my laptop or doing something or whatever it is. I just have more variable movement that way. And I mean, it's like changed the game for me. It's just like I feel better a lot. I'm more comfortable on the floor. And uh, thinking of it as just like a a human skill, uh, if you can get your clients to spend more time on the floor, that means they got to get up. And so as they age and they get, you know, into some more trouble with orthopedic issues or whatever it may be, they have more practice. They have more time spent just sitting down, standing up, being in weird positions. And that just is a better long game solution.
2: Yeah, it. Lose I love like I, I. think you. I don't know if this is your phrase or if you took this from one, but it's like just being a human and just being more human yeah. and more primal, more just kind of how the body is supposed to move and like wants to move. And we have all these lovely like I'm sitting in my car right now in air conditioning, and like the seat is super comfortable. It has like a lumbar support, whereas like I could be outside sitting on the grass doing the same thing right now but like yeah. i'm taking the easier way out of it you know and, and like I, I just kind of opened my eyes as to more like what like we always like in, in your you're in sports performance and I, I think this will resonate with you where we take like we have an, a soccer player come in and someone's like i want to train like a soccer player I'm like well you're a human first and there are these things outside of a weight room where you can be a better human mover that will have direct correlation to your abilities as a soccer player, and it's and it's so almost oversimplified with things like sleeping habits, nutrition habits, and these movement variabilities and movement snacks that you're talking to. How those all add up to make a more big buzzword here, resilient human. And I, it's like I like watched that. and I was like, that this guy is like one. He's insane because he posted like a picture of you're like futon like in a dumpster like out in the street in Boston or something okay. like that like where your bed was yeah. I'm like this guy is a lunatic like he literally just got rid of his bed and he's now like on the floor but it totally like I get it like I mean it makes sense like I, I'm i like I just I guess I saw it I just couldn't do that I just bought a new mattress so it's pretty bad. but um I like I just love that approach to so Next thing I want to talk to you about, because we, we met human-to-human human last year, and we had a set on training systems, um, you know, with FRC, functional range conditioning, and that whole functional anatomy um, is it, it, pretty legit. We have some new uh, bit, just so you know. uh, practice I stick kind of more the one-on-one frc mode model now with with clients um talk to me about when, like implementing it with your clientele oh okay so I'll move my phone back here um talk to me a little bit about what it's been like implementing this performance uh by mbsc
1: yeah that's that's sort of a it's a interesting game with applying the concept of something like functional range conditioning into a large group setting Um, because not calling our athletes stupid, but our, our athletes are not as intelligent or interested in doing something like a proper hip car as us movement and coaching nerds who are kind of, you know, really trying to progress mobility or change things. So it's not that our athletes don't care or are, are dumb about it or can't perform something like, you know, a, a proper hip car or a proper, you know, shoulder pails and rails or whatever it may be. But that just doesn't fit in a group training application just because it's hard, it's time consuming. And we need to take these, these small little humans and make them be able to perform well in the field. So relating that into, you know, where we're talking about being more human or any of those terms is that I, I think there's a time and a place for training your butt off and just shutting your brain off and, and not worrying too much about the little things. And then there's a time to, to spend and and coach up the more sensory motor heavy components of something like doing a hip car or doing an end range lift off or those sorts of things. So that's more reserved for the, the quiet moments of, you know, someone has a problem or has an injury or is really just concerned with like, hey, my TFL is really bugging me, blah, 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 and you notice that like they can't control their legs in space. You're like, oh, maybe something like some sort of hip extension liftoff or hip abduction thing is going to help them at least gain some motor control of what is my leg doing in space, and then teaching them ways to apply those more baseline concepts from FRC into now a sports performance setting. So Just saying, hey, let's slow this down for two seconds. Uh, Similar to what, you know, anything from like an SFMA or FMS standpoint, uh, we're looking at this from an idea of they have a stability motor control sort of deficit. And something that we can give them that they can start to comprehend and then do in between a set of something just makes a whole lot of sense from a standpoint of like they can recover from a heavy set of cleans and just work on a hip extension liftoff or a hip flexion thing to help build more front side mechanics in regards to sprinting. And it just, it just helps to plug some holes between like not having to go the full rehab side. And this is sort of like FRC's model. There's like, you know, their little picture is there's rehab and there's training. And then like they're the little arrow in between that kind of like can help connect some dots between really slowing things down and like, imagining that you're doing clamshells on a wall with a band for three sets of 12, which is just kind of like outdated and silly. And people definitely don't want to do that. But if you can put them in like a bear crawl position and have them do a, a hit car that is going to at least challenge them and give them some sort of motivation behind like, Oh, that shit's actually hard. Like that, that must be doing something to help me and then help just steering that towards now back to sports performance. Um, And obviously in the one-on-one setting, you know, I do a lot of personal training as well. It's like that, that's where the real bread and butter of it is, but it's finding modalities for these FRC principles to fit in between uh, the strength and conditioning model that has worked for someone like Mike for, you know, 35 years. So it's, it's, it's a wedge between the worlds.
2: Yeah. I've been a big fan. I love, the information and videos that you share are, are hugely uh, important. I'll, I'll definitely make sure to put, um, you know, your information in the show notes and I'll obviously ask you all that stuff at the end, but I've just been, you know, it's, I think a lot of people on the surface think they understand this kind of, like you're saying, like wedge or bridge between like a rehab and sports performance. And like, it's really vague. Like people like talk about like a return to performance setting or kind of bridging between rehab and, like, true sports performance, or even onboarding an athlete into sports performance. It's a very almost vague term. Like, what what is performance? How does it relate to sports? And, like, it's this big rabbit hole that everyone thinks sports performance is hand cleans, barbells, weight room. And it's really just learning to acquire skills and, like, skill acquisition. And I think that you've done a really good job, like, kind of even put, like, one, just it's very nice to pull back the curtain and share how you kind of go about it in your thought process. And two, like the lifetime application, you know, of like saying like, Hey, this, is the outcome for this human being, you know, here's some steps you know, that I take and the rationale behind it. And it's legit. Like, you know, litmus test, the, the proof is in the pudding. Like yeah, the app, getting better. You know, it's it's just it's just legit. Um, my question for you now, Coach Perry, um, which is a really that's like a, a hardcore name, like Coach Perry. Like I feel like you should be like the Red Sox strength coach or like the Patriots strength coach. Like yeah, it coach actually, it actually sounds
1: funny hearing hearing that. It, like I, I don't know. I, I imagine myself being like like a a fat dude in the south with like a dip in my mouth, like yelling at kids
2: on a football field. Yeah. They coach Perry, like that, with a bucket hat, yeah. bucket yeah. hat. Keep the keep the beard, keep yeah. the beard, because that yeah. beard is legit, and yeah. that's a summer beard too. Like I, I can't wait for the winter. Yeah, this is going
1: strong since like, I think last summer. Last August is when it when it started the fire here. So that's
2: that's uh, it's legit. Um, what like so you know like you're a guy who I I consider has like a strong educational background Um, continuing education is definitely, it it seems like it's a priority, like, but it's all things that you're heavily interested in. And I, you know, I, I think there's, they're kind of like layered on top of each other and how you kind of integrate these different systems and concepts. What would be your advice to a coach, you know, that is kind of like, you know, getting interested in certain, a certain realm of, this thing we call the fitness industry like what would be your advice to someone who's kind of like on the hunt for some con ed or you know like is looking to kind of start to consume a little bit more specific information whether it be around something like a sports performance or pri or um fm or f functional range um or human what is it oh god i just said it Uh, functional anatomy systems wow I just like mixed all their acronyms together and it was not pretty. There's a lot of um, F's in
1: the industry. You know, like
2: there is a lot of F's, but you said something before the record button was on it and kind of like, like how you objectify like the different systems to kind of like see what, what works, what doesn't, you know, like what would be your, uh, a, 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 anyone really, I guess, like a, even a young up and coming or someone established in the industry.
1: Yeah, man, that's like a big thing. And, and I, as young coaches, I think we're just so easily susceptible to like taking that Kool-Aid packet and just like put it into the bathtub and swimming in it. And you get so just caught up in one system and, and you lose sight of like maybe things that are really obvious from the outside and people are just kind of staring at you like, man, he's, he's just having everybody like breathe with balloons on the wall. Like nobody's squatting anymore. Like what happened to him? And it's like, oh, like you need to take a step back sometimes and, and really evaluate your own personal philosophy first. And, and again, I'm, Mike Boyle ends up coming up in almost every sentence because, you know, he has such a major influence on my thought process is that like you need to be going to these things or, or looking for things to go to to influence your own personal philosophy in the way you coach right now and seeing which ways those like Jenga pieces fit in not trying to just like kick the whole game over and start again every single time you find a new Avenue for continuing education. So, you know, if I'm looking at kind of my primary kind of things that I work with, so something like PRI, all the FRC, FRA, soon to be FR kin stretch sort of stuff. Um, I coach for CFSC. So the way that we sort of apply our own in-house stuff, uh, it's, it's taking all of these pieces and objectively looking at the person in front of you and seeing which one of those pieces is going to help them not putting your own shit on everybody else you work with. Like don't be a kettlebell guy and have everyone swinging and doing snatches like that can barely put their arm overhead. That's not appropriate for them. Or, you know, don't be the power lifter that's trying to get all of your athletes into powerlifting when they are 12 years old and play lacrosse. Like they don't give a shit about, what they can bench press, but they do care about how many goals they score this year. So is upping their bench press really going to do that much good for them past a certain point of velocity? Like, cool. Yeah. Bench pressing is going to be great. But once they're kind of capped out on like, wait for the summer, like they need to still be athletic. So in looking at all of these pieces of continuing education, I try to, you know, like I said, the uh, you know bathtub full of Kool-Aid, I try to sit a lot of Kool-Aid for a long time before I, I put the money towards something like I recently took my first PRI course but I've been practicing on my like you know a few of my clients using it myself on a daily basis like doing a lot of their things and reading as much as I can from them and and soaking up what I can from those really smart people around me at the gym every day like Kev Carr or Marco Sanchez you know a few other bodies that I can say hey what do you guys think about this in regards to PRI? Or, you know, i have sort of become the FRC guy in town just purely out of, you know, I probably have the most contact time with it in the gym or around the Boston area, which is like, that's really cool. But it also doesn't mean that like everybody's doing isometric movement paths and hip cars all day because they need to do what they need to do. So you need to just kind of take a step back, look at your own personal kind of philosophy and say, Hey, how can I take all of these things and, and plug them into my own system and then, you know, take that step forward from there and then slowly, you know, toss things out, add new stuff in and, you know, kind of just see where it goes. But, you know, your own backbone at the end of the day is what matters the most.
2: Yeah. There's no shortage of information and people putting out information today, but I feel like the shortage of proper application, or I feel like there is a shortage of proper application with that information. I think that's some great advice. And I I think it's really impressive. I was talking to Coach Fury about this. Steve Hollander, if you guys hear that podcast episode, I think he was in the 20s, the early 20s. He, you know, as an educator for DVRT, OS, um, RKC, like how do you take these multiple training systems and kind of unbiasedly approach each one and still successfully implement it in the proper settings? Like that I feel like is is kind of a, a mature coach and a coach like you're saying with a good backbone, you know, is objectively looking at, at someone like, for sure. You no, know, like you're saying, I love the analogy of like someone doing a kettlebell snatch and can't raise their arm over their head. Like, but if you're the kettlebell guy, that's what you're doing. You know, like it's, it can be dangerous.
0: Yeah. and Damien
2: Perry. Oh, sorry.
1: Oh yeah. No, I'm sorry. Uh, for me personally, no, I, you're good. Speaking from a perspective, like zooming out again. Cause I like, I hear myself, you know, I wasn't always here with the like philosophy that I'm, I'm talking about. You know, it's like I had to thrust myself into a situation of people who've been doing shit for a long time and, and I believe in it and I go, okay, cool. That makes sense. I'm going to go spend some time there. Like, and I was, you know, in fashion around the time that I was having sort of a quarter life crisis of trying to figure out my stuff and and people like Todd and you and whoever else that kind of have somewhat established like their path helped me. So, you know, I was set to go to physical therapy school. I was like ready to take interviews. I was going to do a lot of stuff. And then I interned at MBSC and like, it, it sort of just steered my path. And so like, you know, in regards to even continuing education, like I think going and doing something hands on, if you're a young coach or you're somebody trying to thrust yourself into the industry or find out some new stuff, like find somebody that's doing something that really works well. And then, just go dive into that, like in a, in an in-person setting, like go intern somewhere, go spend some time. You, there's only so much information you can pull from Instagram and like eight hours and a course on a Saturday and a Sunday. Like you, you have to kind of live it, breathe it. And then from there, that that's where you start plugging the, the outside sources in. So
2: I love it. I think that is right there at the gem of probably with maybe this episode but anyone out there especially young coaches i know there's a lot of students that listen to this um in the in the exercise movement world as well as physical therapy like that's i think that's that's huge you know like you said surround yourself dive into it get in person and watch it see it touch it feel it smell it all of the other different adjectives and senses i can pull out um that's huge it's massive yeah man Damien Perry, where can people find more information about Damien Perry? Um,
1: Instagram is probably the the main grind. It's just at Damien Perry. It's not too complicated. Uh, I was, like, <laughs> you know, dabbling in the world of, like, online coaching and, like, doing all sorts of fancy shit, but at the end of the day, like, I I value more of the people who are in front of me on a daily basis, so I kind of, like, backed out of that space a little bit. Um, I run a kin stretch class in the Boston area in uh, Somerville at RX strength training. Um, if you're interested in the, the kin stretch world, uh, I run one every Saturday morning, so we have a good time there. And, uh, yeah, that's
2: about it. Awesome, man. I'll make sure all that you don't know. Um, thank you so much for
0: carving time out on a Friday. I appreciate it.
1: Of course, man. I'm going to go, uh, soak up some sunshine, walk around barefoot somewhere.
0: Hi everyone, it's Casey again. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and I wanted to ask you a huge favor. I don't ask for a lot of favors, but if you could, whatever you're listening this, to this podcast through, iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, if you could take a minute and just go write a review, I would really appreciate it. I don't get any bonus points or anything like that for it, but I really think it would help get the word out and if this podcast has helped you, it might help someone else and it'll do a better job of getting that word out to who might need it.